core, coffee and tea. Winter hours, Thursdays through Sundays, fairtradewinds.net. What are you up to Saturday afternoon? Sounds to me like a good time to head on up the mountain. Every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m., tune in to High on a Mountain Main's only show dedicated exclusively to old-time music. From some of the first recordings ever etched onto vinyl, to the folk revival of the 60s, to today's young string bands, we cover it all. So come along on a musical exploration of the hills and hollers of southern Appalachia. That's High on a Mountain, every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. on your community radio station, WERU. Support for Talk of the Towns comes from the Maine Community Foundation, partnering with donors and nonprofits statewide to strengthen Maine communities through grants and scholarships on the web at maincf.org. It's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at weru.org. Talk of the Towns with your host Ron Beard is up next. Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be of benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Well, the Occupy movement has been successful in creating a big tent for citizen concerns, a place for people to express what they're for and what they're against. As the Occupy movement evolves in Maine, we're interested in what we can learn. And we've got some folks in the studio who can help us with that. They've been participants in various Occupy um, uh, meetings and efforts, and I'm glad to welcome them to Talk of the Towns. Um, first of all, we'll kind of go around and, and have everyone introduce themselves, um, giving their name and, and a little bit of uh, background about themselves and where they are in their stage of life and, and uh, what uh, community uh, they live in. We'll start with Simon Beckford. Um, Simon um, says he's north of Ellsworth. What's that mean, Norm? Simon. That's a good question, what's happening north of Ellsworth. I'm, I'm actually from a small town called Clifton, which most people haven't heard of. And They uh, drive through it, though, on, on, on Route 9. Yeah, um, once in a while, if anyone bothers to go to Callis. Um, and uh, so I um, also spent a lot of my childhood um, on Mount Desert Island, and I'm currently working with the MDI group on the island. Great. Thanks, Simon. Lawrence, move right into the microphone. Lawrence Reichert. Yeah, uh, well, my name is Lawrence Reichert. I've been very active with Occupy Bangor, and I live in Bangor. I am currently, uh, well, you asked what stage of life we're in. I'm pretty much in the middle of mine, and uh, my occupation is being uh, severely underemployed. Mm, uh, mm. So, with that, but yes. you said you've done some WERU work in the past. Yes, I have. I've done some public affairs programming. Unfortunately, it's been a while, but yes, I have done that. Well, welcome back. Thank you very much. Great. And uh, uh, Ben Hitchcock. Ben. 
Yeah, um, I grew up near Boston, and um, I'm a student at College of the Atlantic, and I've been very active in Occupy MDI since it began. Great, great. And I'm glad to welcome uh, Margaret Fetzer. Margaret. Hi, I'm Margaret, and I'm originally from uh, the South, North Carolina and Tennessee, but I live in Bar Harbor now, and I'm attending College of the Atlantic, and I've been a part of uh, the Occupy MDI since we first started on October 15th. Oh, great. And I understand that part of that, um, that Southern background has put you in touch with issues um, like mountaintop removal as well. I have. Um, back home in Tennessee, I've worked a lot with uh, groups around um, anti-mountaintop removal coal mining issues in um, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, that oh. area. It's um, something that's very near to me. Mm-hmm. And Kara Oster? Yes, Aster. Um, I go to College of the Atlantic as well. I'm in my second year. I'm originally from New York, and now I'm part of Occupy MDI. I live in Bar Harbor. Great, great. Well, what I want to have is a conversation, um, kind of uh, letting listeners um, understand a little bit more about the Occupy movement as you've experienced it, some of the activities that you've been involved in. So um, I hope that you'll you'll all just pitch in as we we get started. My first question really is, is what led you to be involved? Um, Our country is certainly facing lots of different issues, and what what is it that um, sparked you to get involved in the Occupy movement? Who'd like to start? Anybody? Ben. Sure, yeah. Um, I actually got involved on uh, September 17th down at, at Occupy Wall Street the first day, mm. um, kind of by accident to some extent. Um, I heard there was going to be a, a large protest, but I didn't know much about it. And um, I was able to catch a ride with some friends, and we went down. Um, it was very clear from the beginning that this issue of socioeconomic inequality was kind of at the root of the protest, and that's why Wall Street was chosen originally as, as the symbol. Um, And for me, socioeconomic inequality in our communities is at the root of so many other issues, whether Mm -hmm. it be education or healthcare or whatever. Um, So it, you know, that's that's probably what resonated with me from the beginning. Um, Mm. And what did you find when you were there? What 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 kind of intrigued you about that day? Um, Well, it was interesting. Um, Yeah, the first day we went down, there was only about a thousand people there, Um, and I'd been a lot of been to a lot of different protests in my life, and I was surprised by kind of how small and disorganized and fractal, it seemed. Um, And the police presence was really intense. There was twice as many cops as there were protesters. Um, And it didn't really seem like we knew exactly what we were doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was this incredible process that, that, you know, was introduced called the General Assembly, um, which is now spread, you know, nationwide. Um, And it has a a long tradition um, in other movements and other places. But it was my first experience with it. And... um, it was this, you know, this system of direct democracy that we used to, to organize and make decisions. And that night we decided that we were going to stay in Zuccotti Park. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of that. And from mm. there on out, it was all outreach and spreading the word and, mm-hmm. and, and building. Mm-hmm. So, How about some of the rest of you? What has intrigued you about the Occupy movement? Margaret? Well, as you said, I've been involved with issues around uh, strip mining coal and other... Uh, I guess I originally started uh, community organizing around climate issues. Though the thing that really drew me into Occupy was how people were starting to recognize how uh, a lot of similar sources were the place where uh, general problems were stemming from. You know, the climate issues are, are coming from the few at the top who are sort of making decisions on behalf of a lot of other people, which I think is true also for socioeconomic issues and um, 
a whole a whole lot of problem that it seems like there's a lot of power sort of situated beyond where we can reach and um i i was really excited to see folks starting to to tie their different movements together and um start thinking about what united them as opposed to what um them apart. Mm. So. Mm. Lawrence, how did you get involved and what, what, what intrigued you about this? Because you've, you've had a, a, an active life in thinking about these issues as well. Yeah, I've been involved in, um, in progressive issues since I was a child in the 1960s when my parents used to drive me to, uh, drag me, excuse me, to uh, uh, demonstrations against war in Vietnam and to civil rights demonstrations. Um, in 1969, I was at a demo in uh, D.C. with half a million people. Um, so, yeah, I've had a taste of it for a long time. And what really inspired me was, was New York, as Ben was talking about, and Zuccotti Park. And, and the way it just spread like wildfire from there. It was, you know, you turn on democracy now every day, and it just seemed like more and more cities. And it was clearly something uh, from very early on that was, that was catching and uh, was capturing the public's imagination. Imagination. And, uh, you know, one always kind of suspected that this, w- that this might happen eventually. The, the uh, poor and working people and even the middle class in this country has been squeezed for uh, at least 30 years now, 35 years. And, you know, the tax, the, the tax system in this country has been slowly corrupted for longer than that, going back uh, 40, 50 years. Um, so, and then, and then it came to Portland. I went down to Portland for a few days and, uh, and came back and uh, asked Ilsa Peterson's at the Peace and Justice Center whether anyone had started talking about the possibility of an Occupy Bangor. And she said no, but that if anyone did, she'd send them my way. And it just kind of, uh, a few of us um, expressed an interest and we called a meeting and sent out an email to the Peace and Justice Mailing Center. And next thing we knew, we had a meeting with 45 people. Mm. So, mm. Was there a particular issue that resonated with you, as, as others have said? Anything that really drew you in? Well, I, I think the cornerstone issue of the whole thing has been, um, I, I think the biggest issue has been income inequality and the growing gap between rich and poor. Um, as, I, as I referred to earlier, the, the corruption of the, of the tax base in this country to the point where wealthy people are paying little, if any, taxes, and it's all being carried by poor and working people in the middle class. And then, um, and then of course, you know, the wars are, are a big issue as well, and, and the, the, the not only the immorality of the wars, but also the tremendous, the enormous amount of money that we are wasting on those wars. Kara, mm-hmm. back to you. Um, what drew you in to Occupy? Um, well, unlike everyone else here, apparently, um, I wasn't really active at all. Um, I've been pretty independent since I was a young kid, and so work and getting myself by was my main focus. Um, in November... I happened upon a live streaming um, footage of the raid of Zuccotti Park. So I started watching at 1 o'clock in the morning. And I had been following Occupy um, in the news, just kind of keeping up with it, but I didn't really know what it was about. And just seeing these people who were woken up in the middle of the night and all of their stuff was being trashed, um, they were kicked out, they had nowhere to go, um, and they were unified they were solid. I mean, um, really, that's what draws me into Occupy is there's a unity here where there's a divide across a country. Everyone wants something different. 
but nobody wants to come together and say, hey, we might have something in common. Um, so I really like the fact that Occupy gives people a chance to voice what they want and to feel empowered to um, make the government about them because it's a government that's supposed to be for the people, by the people. Mm, thanks, thanks. How about you, Simon? How did you get um, intrigued with all of this and, and maybe some other background too that, that led you to this? Um, yeah, so I've been involved in activism for quite a while. Um, I grew up around a lot of activists and so I always felt fairly informed about what was going on and big anti-globalization protests and a lot of the bigger movements um, that have been happening. And so I had some friends who live around the U.S. who were headed to D.C. in um, for like the first week plus of October for a different event that was getting organized there. Um, and it was similar in a lot of ways to Occupy, but um, we had heard about it long before we'd heard about um, Occupy New York as even a possibility. So a lot of us had already gotten plane tickets and things. Um, and then just as we were, you know, in the final stages of figuring out, you know, where we're going to stay in D.C. and all that, um, this group of like 20 of us or so, um, we started seeing all this stuff coming out of New York. And that was really intriguing. And so we're like, geez, like, why are we going to D.C.? We should be in New York. Um, and then once we got to D.C., we um, realized that they were starting an occupation there. It had been going for like three or four days before we showed up, and it was a really small group of people at that point. There were maybe like four or five folks who were sleeping on the sidewalks because that was legal, um, and there wasn't enough of them to hold a park um, by any means. And I think they probably had anywhere from like 20 to 100 people in and out during the day. Um, so we ended up working with... Um, that uh, Occupy DC group, which is the um, group in McPherson, for anyone who's familiar with that scene, they have two occupations in DC, which becomes a little confusing at times. Um, but we ended up working really closely with particularly their facilitation team and um, using a lot of the experience my friends have organizing mass mobilizations in the US and um, around the world um, to help them figure out like logistically, how are we going to pull this off? How are we going to run meetings? How are we going to deal with these issues that are coming up? Um, we did at least one um, hour plus facilitation training in the park every day, and we'd have like a different 20 or 30 people each time. So we were um, doing a lot of trainings. And it was really fun to, to work with that group. And it was um, almost all local people who were doing the organizing, which um, stood in contrast to um, Liberty Plaza in um, DC, which is a lot more of a national thing, and they have organizers from all over the U.S. who are coming to um, run that event. But this was much more local people um, from all walks of life, homeless people, business people, students, parents, young kids. It was the whole, the whole scene. Um, and so that was sort of my um, induction into the Occupy scene. And I, in particular, liked just the way that it... Um, it sort of creates a space for us to have conversations and talk about things that the mainstream media won't cover. Um, and one of my favorite examples of that is that during all the activism around the Keystone XL pipeline, um, that was getting little to no media coverage. They would have huge protests and the mainstream media would show up and film the whole thing and it would never end up on the news. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, the media was all focused on Occupy, and Occupy had decided to more or less endorse the protest around the Keystone XL pipeline. And so um, a lot of the occupations were like working together with the Keystone XL people, and they were holding marches and protests together. And then the only way for the media to cover Occupy 
accurately was to acknowledge that actually they were all concerned about this pipeline. And so that gave the pipeline a whole bunch of media coverage that it never would have gotten if um, Occupy hadn't gotten involved. And so to me, that's the most interesting part of Occupy, regardless of any, um, you know, one particular political issue or something, just giving us this space to organize and access the media in a really new way. Mm. Lawrence, uh, let's pick up again with you and, and um, ask you a little bit about what, what happened in Bangor. How did you um, take that German of an idea? Where did you ru- how did you run with it? Well, we decided, if I I recall correctly, we decided at that first meeting that we were going to have an encampment. And uh, then we had another meeting prior to the encampment, which uh, a little more organizing for it. Um, we actually had, I think, about a two-week lag between the first meeting and, and, the, uh, and the encampment. Uh, there was some contention about that. Someone had started right away. Uh, and then we had an encampment um, in Pierce. Well, actually, it was on the land of the, uh, of the library, the Bangor Public Library, for about five weeks. And um, I... And then, a, a long story short, I mean, the the library asked us to leave their land. Uh, they found out that their liability insurance did not cover us, and they could not expose themselves financially. We attempted to move into neighboring Pierce Park, which belongs to the city, and uh, and the city would not tolerate us there, and and uh, and told us that if we did not leave, that that they, we were going to be arrested, and our and our property confiscated at least temporarily, and so the encampment was closed, um, unfortunately. Um, I, I think, however, that like like the Occupy movement nationwide, I think that it, it that it had a, a high level of success. Uh, as as Kara was mentioning earlier, I think it was Kara. 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 Sorry about that. Um, it it really opened up a dialogue um, in the Bangor community as it has nationwide. I mean, we had people coming by every day, you know, poor and working people talking about these issues, and one just got the feeling that they had never really talked about these publicly before. We opened that space. We made it possible um, to talk about that and, and not be labeled a crazy, to, to be in the mainstream of the political discussion um, and and so we did that on local level, and and you know we like to feel that we added our little two cents to the national Occupy movement, which which I think has had uh, a considerable effect on the national political dialogue. Mm. Um, so, and what's you know. what's so powerful about the the symbolism of occupying or encampment? What, 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 for any of you, um, what, what's so powerful about that? Anybody? Because well, uh, I'm going to come to the fact that Bar Harbor decided not to occupy, um, but but there is something very par- powerful about that 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 statement. Um, Lawrence, stick with you first, and, and why did you choose Lawrence in, in Bangor to to do an encampment? Well, uh, you know, I think your question is a very good one. I, I think that, as as I alluded to earlier, it really captured the imagination of the public and and the media. I think the media um, around the country, as as has been pointed out earlier in this conversation, has paid much more attention to the Occupy movement than it has to previous progressive movements that had come before it. And the reason for that, I think, is is because there is this physical presence. There's actually something for the video aspect of things as opposed you know as opposed to just words um, and it's something different something new 
Um, and and I, you know, I've been saying for years that that what progressives need progressives need to do in this country is to do things that are creative, do things that are visible, um, not just the same old demonstrations. Um, and and that's what happened here in Bangor. You know, the media the media really liked us. Um, and not only were we visible and interesting and new, but we also tied into a national story and an international story. And when you get into a relatively small city like Bangor, um, the media, you know, rarely has such a good opportunity to tie into something like that. So they really liked it. Sounds like you're you're very sophisticated in your approach. This this notion that because we're a, a world that's tied together, local media need to figure that out too, and you're giving them the opportunity. So. Pretty savvy, pretty savvy, I would say. We're, you're tuned to uh, Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We're talking about Occupy efforts in, in Maine. We have some uh, wonderful folks in the studio who are helping us with that conversation. Margaret Fetzer, Kara Oster, and Ben Hitchcock, all of College Atlantic in Bar Harbor. Uh, they're joined by Simon Beckford of uh, Clifton, but he's working a lot with the MDI uh, group. Um, Lawrence Reichert, you've just heard from from Bangor. In a few minutes, we'll talk with some others uh, by phone. Um, the folks in, in Bar Harbor, you chose not to um, physically occupy a place, but you, you had a public event to get things started. Talk a little bit about how you came to have that public event. Margaret? Well, uh, as Ben mentioned, there was a fairly sizable group of folks who went down for the very first weekend of Occupy Wall Street in New York. And uh, most of those folks were somehow affiliated with the college, or but there were a few folks who tagged along, um, particularly one from the Bar Harbor Times. But when everyone came back, they were excited to go back down again, and people were starting to talk about the logistics of going down again. And we realized that you know, it, it's fairly expensive and it takes a while to get from Maine to New York. And as much as we were really excited by what was happening nationally in New York, we were starting to wonder if there was something we could do within our own community. Um, because it seemed like a lot of what Occupy was about was both a national solidarity but a local action. So um, on October 15th, which was the day of global solidarity, we, we organized our own um, event on the town green. Uh, and there were there were a lot of people who came. There were probably 60 or 70 people who came that first day. But it was very exciting to see, even leading up to that, we had a lot of facilitation training or um, conversations and trainings about how we were going to make the GA work in Maine. And um, we really didn't know what was going to happen or how the conversation was going to go, and we weren't sure if an occupation was going to come out of it. We were definitely hopeful that whatever came out of it uh, there was there was a continuing conversation, but we were pretty open-minded to how that went. And I think you could probably talk a little bit more, Ben, about how how things did go on that first um, General Assembly Day. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the, the first weekend I was not there because I was actually in D.C. Oh, were you? Um, I was <laughs> at a tar sands action, the Keystone XL, that Simon was just talking about. Um, but um, actually, I just wanted to add just really briefly as, as to another reason as to why Bar Harbor didn't necessarily choose uh, the encampment occupation style was because, um, and, and running off of what Lawrence said, was that the encampment is not, I think there's a lot of confusion between Occupy and camping, and Occupy is not camping. <laughs> Occupy is a, you know, a global protest movement and camping is a tactic. Um, and I think it's really effective, as Lawrence pointed out, for the dramatic effect. But it's also really important to bear in mind that one of the big reasons we made the camp was because a lot of the people that were protesting had nowhere to live. 
They didn't have access to food. They didn't have access to health care. They didn't ac- have access to dry clothing. So providing services to marginalized people and making it accessible, making it 24-7, um, there was also a pragmatic reality to it. Was you know The reality is the city's not feeding the poor. The city's not providing them the, ne- you know, the necessary services they need. So we're going to do it. And we're going to start on the ground, step one, by doing that. And, you know, sure, we're going to complain about economic inequality, but we're also going to address it in a really pragmatic way. Mm. Um, in Bar Harbor, that level of concern and those issues, it's not quite the same. It's not, it's not the appropriate context for that kind of thing. Um, it's not to say that there aren't issues in, in, in Mount Desert Island in relation to, to poverty. Um, but it just, you know, it's whatever makes sense for the community. Mm. And I think that's, an, I think that's a, a, mm. a big part of that is that for us, it didn't really make sense. As, as I recall, you, um, I'll get to you in a minute, Kara. As I recall, you also kind of reached out to um, local law enforcement to kind of keep them in touch with what you were thinking. And how was right. that conversation? What was that conversation led? Um, the police were pretty open-minded to what we were doing. Uh, at first, they just said, don't you know, don't hang up signs, don't post signs. They didn't want us to destroy the irrigation in the park, but uh, I think we managed to do all right there. Um, it was, uh, they were pretty open-minded. It was a public space. Um, I, I think they were opposed to us pitching tents because they were concerned about the irrigation system, but I don't think that decision was necessarily made um, in regards to how the law enforcement felt about what was going on, we were trying to think about tactically, um, as Ben said, you know, what, what did the community need? And in our minds, um, we didn't feel like we, we needed to pinch tents out on the green. But I think, um, I, I think the law enforcement was always eager to sort of talk to us and make sure that, that we were, you know, doing things that they were they were all right with. And mm-hmm. we were we were fairly, we were aware of the fact that, you know, the policemen live on this island too. Mm-hmm. And they're very much a part of our community and we wanted to be um, welcoming to everyone. So. Right. Kara? Um, I was just going to touch on some comments that were made earlier. And thank you, Ron, for providing us this media. But, you know, Occupy isn't really about, you know, occupying the media. Mm. It's more about creating a space, and that's part of the reason why Bar Harbor didn't need to make an encampment. The encampments were very beneficial because they made the protesters visible, and they made um, they allowed people to see that there was others out there who wanted to work towards a common goal and who were willing to have a conversation. Um, but in Bar Harbor, we're just looking for a space for the community members to come out and say, this is what we'd really like to see happen in our community, and how can we do this together? Mm. And I'll come back a little bit because we've got somebody on the phone. Did you want to add anything, Simon, in terms of the Bar Harbor um, process? Because you've been kind of part of that. Um, I'll I'll just say real quick that I think one really positive and amazing thing about it is that we, um, at least in my experience, we've had really effective general assemblies where we all sit down together and we decide, like, what is best for this group? And so everybody's really on board with that. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not like a couple people just sat down and were like, oh, well, we're not going to have an encampment on this one because right. that doesn't make sense for the island. It's actually what the whole group was actually behind and what they were supporting. Um, and I think that was a huge part of why the things we have done have been so successful is that everyone's been really enthusiastic about it. Great. Well, let's go to um, Ellsworth and get um, a little story uh, uh, or some sense of what is happening with Occupy in Ellsworth, Maine. Um, We're joined by phone by John Curtis. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, John. John, are you there? John Curtis, are you there? 
Yes. Oh, there we are. Thanks, John. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what intrigued you about um, Occupy. Um, what were some of the issues that drew you in? Well, I, first a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. I uh, was born in Blue Hill, grew up and went through school in Surrey and Ellsworth, um, where I live now in Surrey. I uh, spent some time in New York City on the Lower East Side in my middle years. Uh, which was a great place to learn about activism and uh, what people were doing to change society. And uh, I worked for much of my career as a letter carrier in Ellsworth. I'm a member of the Letter Carriers Union. And I think what intrigued me most about Occupy is the attempt to address the income disparity and how it has disjointed our political life. And also, having been active in the trade union movement for much of my life, which, of course, was set up to address income disparity, uh, that's, that's why Occupy seems so interesting. Mm, great. And, and um, what, how did that take shape in Ellsworth? Well, in Ellsworth, of course, we didn't have a physical Occupy presence, you know, mm. no tents. But we decided that uh, we would occupy the public's attention as much as possible by having frequent events, trying to identify issues that were really important to the community, having weekly rallies on the bridge in Ellsworth. And uh, I think we've done that pretty well. We've, we've sponsored a number of successful actions over the past month or two and uh, have gotten a lot of good publicity and enfolded new members. Great. And when you say we, um, you can't describe every member, but give us a sense of who's involved, if you could. Well, our general assemblies, uh, which we have weekly, uh, usually are attended by anywhere from 8 to 15 members, and they are scattered all around. Of course, only a few of us are actually from Ellsworth, and I'm, I myself am from Surrey, but we have people from Goolsboro and Franklin and the towns surrounding Ellsworth, and I think there's probably more people from the surrounding towns than actually Ellsworth itself. And, and um, so describe some of the, the rallies that you've had. Um, I know that you've had a couple. Um, what happens at those, uh, those gatherings? Well, of course, we, uh, Ellsworth Occupy, organized the uh, Bangor Occupy the Courts action on January 20th. You know, we tied into the national uh, movement to call attention to the Citizens United decision. And you would do, for listeners that might not be familiar with that, would you just describe that, that decision? what that led to, that, that Citizens United decision? Well, it basically freed up uh, unlimited corporate money to influence our election. And, uh, you know, it put, basically it put the, the, the Koch brothers in charge of, of national politics, in my opinion. And uh, I was, you know, particularly incensed by that because I have, you know, a lot of knowledge of, of, of the history of, of labor in this country, and it called to mind the struggle to end child labor in America. And the fight for that went on for decades. And then in 1916, Congress passed a law outlawing child labor. But the Supreme Court immediately struck it down as unconstitutional. Hmm. And in 1918, a similar law was passed in Congress, and the Supreme Court struck that down. And it wasn't until 1938, when child labor was made illegal, did the Supreme Court rule in favor of it. So it, it took over 20 years for the court to do the right thing on child labor. But we can't wait that long for it to overturn or for 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 an amendment to overturn Citizens United because if we do, democracy will be dead and buried. Mm. 
Mm. So what was what, so? Tell us a little bit about um, uh, the Occupy the Courts um, effort in Bangor and and, and what you um, saw happening there. Well, we had a, a very lively uh, a rally in front of the federal courthouse. We probably had eighty or ninety people. A number of people um, uh, spoke on the issue, and we had a, a coffin with democracy written on the side and R.I.P. written on the top. And uh, we had uh, nine Supreme Court justices in black robes, some of them with corporate logos, the, the, the five in the majority who voted for uh, Citizens United. And I think we did pretty well in educating the public about that issue. Great, We great. got excellent coverage in the Bangor Daily. And, um, and, and from there, we, we organized a, a teach-in last week in, in Ellsworth on February 1st to save America's Postal Service, mm. which affects every town in Maine. And do you want to um, give us a, a very brief description of how we can save the Postal Service? Well, of course, there's a congressional mandate that is really killing the Postal Service, and it's the requirement that the Postal Service fork over enormous funds of money into a this future future benefit account. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessary. It's a, it's a, we think it was a mandate imposed by some in Congress who want to ultimately privatize the Postal Service. And uh, we're calling attention to details of that and having people uh, get in touch with their senators and tell them that Congress needs to act on this quickly and they need to do the right thing. Great. There's no need to dismantle the Postal Service. So if folks wanted to be in touch with um, uh, folks involved in Occupy and Ellsworth, uh, how would they find out about um, your activities? Well, we have, of, of course, we're on uh, Facebook and we have a, a web page. Uh, people could look at uh, www.meetup.com, Occupy Ellsworth, and, uh, or just Google us. And, you know, you'll come to the web page. But it's pretty, it, it lists our past and future events. It gives a profile of most of the people involved with Occupy, and it talks about our weekly uh, rallies on the bridge in Ellsworth and at, at the uh, Whiting Park, and just about anything else you'd like to know. Great. Well, thanks so much for taking time to be with us, uh, John, uh, here on Talk of the Towns. There is, may I mention one more yes, thing? Yes, please. Go ahead. Yeah, we're planning another event, uh, which is coming up very soon, and that's why I don't want to leave it out. But on President's Day, which is the 20th of February, we're holding a rally. Uh, we're, we're, we're in coalition with a number of other organizations and, and labor unions, uh, a rally to save the Postal Service. And it's at, uh, in downtown Bangor at 11 o'clock in the morning at the corner of Hammond and Franklin Street. And we're calling it a rally to save America's Postal Service. And we're going to have some street theater. And uh, I invite all of your listeners to participate. Great. Thanks, John. Thank you. We just had a phone call come in. Uh, someone who can't call later, um, they wanted us to announce that Occupy Waldo County, their first General Assembly, is Saturday, this Saturday at noontime at Unity College Center, the Performing Arts Center there. And uh, you can find out more um, by going on Facebook and looking for Occupy um, Waldo County. So um, we'll be opening up our phone lines in just a minute, uh, but I wanted just to let people know um, that you're listening to Talk of the Towns. We're talking about Occupy efforts in eastern Maine. Uh, we have a number of folks in the studio with us, Lawrence Reichert of Bangor. Uh, you've just heard from John Curtis by phone from the Ellsworth area. We have Simon Beckford, 
Benjamin Hitchcock, Kara Oster, and Margaret Fetzer, um, all working in the Bar Harbor area, but have wonderful experiences elsewhere. So um, if you do have calls, uh, please do so. Um, you have your own experiences, your own questions, um, your, your own feelings about um, the Occupy efforts and, and the need for those. Uh, give us a call, one 625 9378 it's one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. Lawrence, you were you were involved in the in the occupy uh, the, the courts. Yes, in the move to amend, I helped to organize that. And I just wanted to add a couple of things uh, to what John was saying. One is that the, the turnout for that demo on uh, January 20th was particularly impressive considering the weather. It was very cold and windy. <laughs> uh, it, it reminded me of the demo we had in the early 90s against First Gulf War, also very cold. Uh, those stick in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing I want to say about move to amend and occupy the courts is that and the, the um, people's the Citizens United decision is that not only does it allow corporations to give un, essentially unlimited funds um, toward uh, political campaigns, it also allows them to do it anonymously, so that we don't even know where this this profound influence on our political system is coming from. And I think that that you know that just adds exponentially to the level of corruption um, that that this decision entails. Mm. I'm going to come back to our, our Bar Harbor folks. Uh, we don't have a phone call, so we'll come back to our Bar Harbor folks and ask about the event that they held um, uh, in, in late January. I think it was the 28th of January. What was that like? Uh, Kara, do you want to talk a little bit about what happened there? Um, it was called a free speech event, and it was hosted by Occupy MDI for the community. Um, it was a 12-hour event. We had bands play. Um, we had a whole bunch of different things. Um, puppet making, which was generally geared towards children, but everyone ended up participating. Um, we also had a table that's, that was, what would you like to see happen in MDI in 50 years? And um, this table was laid out, just a blank sheet of paper, and everyone was allowed to write what their vision was. Um, that conversation kind of got geared into a... Um, Come, uh, I guess there was a discussion after our potluck dinner uh -huh. um, called sort of like an intergenerational conversation. Um, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, possibly creating a community center or other, um, you know, places for the town to come together. Mm. Anything else that you want to add? Anybody from the Bar Harbor group that talks about that day? It was a pretty impressive um, event. You had a lot of people there. Yeah, I, I think one of our main goals was to create a community event where people were able to express themselves in all the different ways that people do like to express themselves and to have um, sort of an open space for people to air those community concerns. And as Kara was saying, it was really exciting to hear people's visions for the future and something that we're working on right now um, and we'll be processing in our General Assembly assemblies every Saturday um, is how we want to move forward and really take some next steps that ref, um, that reflect how the community um, is interested in in focusing our efforts and moving forward. Mm. Ben or Simon, anything to add to about that event? 
Um, I'd just like to add, I think it was unique for me to see um, a 12-hour event. It was literally from noon till midnight. And I think there's definitely some pros and cons to that. But it was amazing to see how many people would just, like, show up to check it out. And it's like they didn't have to come for the whole show or something. They'd, you know, some people would be there for five minutes. Some people would be there for a couple hours. Um, so we probably never had more than 70 at one time, which was really great turnout anyway. But, like my random guess is we probably had a couple hundred people at least come and check it out and it was also amazing to see how many people from the community were like totally game to come and offer their skills and amazing musicians and Eric Snyder from Frog Mountain Puppeteers just like cranked out puppets nonstop <laughs> for like four hours um, and it, it was just and the, these were Occupy puppets? Um, not necessarily no, they no. were just puppets okay. um, but I, I mean on some level like if a community can come together and make puppets together like I think there's an awful lot that they can accomplish at that point <laughs> that's um, great <laughs> Any, anything to add? no okay no. good well let's take some phone calls um, from our listeners see what they're thinking uh, 1-866-625-9378 let's take our first phone call if you'd give us your first name and where you're calling from and then go ahead with your question or comment please yes go ahead Hello, uh, this is Bill Conway, Washington County. I'm in occupation, uh, Ellsworth, and I just want to make a couple of remarks uh, about the w wonderful input we've had down in Ellsworth from youth at the MDI and, and the whole movement of the occupation group. I'm 82 years old, and I, I want to uh, mention to, for the retired folks who uh, are, are not yet really involved in uh, occupation, uh, Ellsworth or other occupations that we need you. We need you to come to uh, meetings and groups and get involved, especially those of you who are retired. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do uh, for the young folks during the day when they're going to school or there are people that are having to work. Uh, we could fill in a, a big, a big sp a need and a spot uh, to help do things uh, through the month. So. Uh, get in touch with your local occupying group if you're retired and if you you're aware and conscious of what's been going on for some time you can really you can really help out that's great uh, we meet uh, america for example uh the occupation of ellsworth we meet every tuesday night just for an hour and a half at the city hall in ellsworth and you're welcome to come by and observe us in a meeting and participate with us and uh, it'd be a great, great thing if some of the retired folks get out. Also, just one last thing. There is a great need, I think, in Washington County, for example, for small groups to start up. I just heard of a group, occupation group, that meets uh, in Lubeck uh, by a fellow named Dick Hoyt in, in Lubeck. Uh, he has four or five people that um, meet a week. Well, Washington County probably... We don't know, but so we need you folks in Washington County to uh, contact us, say, at American at Ellsworth uh, Occupiers. We'll be glad to send a representative to talk to, to someone about uh, setting up occupation group in, in your group. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for your phone call this morning. I believe we have uh, one more um, call on the line. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Uh, this is Ed from... Bar Harbor. Great, Ed. And uh, I want to say that uh, the Ellsworth uh, Occupy group had a movie that they showed uh, at the uh, Unitarian Church, and it was Inside Job, hmm. which is an award-winning documentary about the financial meltdown 
very powerful, and uh, we're going to show it uh, here on the island on uh, February 28th, which is a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at the Solmesville Firehouse. And um, the, uh, there are going to be uh, contributions uh, accepted for the Common Good Soup Kitchen over in uh, Manson. And I encourage anybody who's interested in getting more facts to uh, come to that meeting Tuesday, February 28th, 7 o'clock. Great, Ed. Thanks so much for your call and for all your work over your many years on issues like this uh, for American Friends Service Committee. Thanks for being with us. And I'd say one more thing, Ron. Uh, if people are interested, our General Assembly for Occupy MDI uh, meets on the uh, Village Green in Bar Harbor at 12 noon and goes to the uh, St. Xavier's Church for its General Assembly meeting. Great. Great. Good. Thanks so much, Ed. Okay. Um, you can participate as well. Give us a call if you'd like, 1-866-625-9378, as we talk about Occupy and, and uh, efforts here in eastern Maine. Um, locally, you could call 469-0500. In the studio with us, we have Lawrence Reichert of Bangor, um, Simon Beckford um, from Clifton, Ben Hitchcock, Kara Oster, and Margaret Fetzer, both uh, all from Bar Harbor and the College of the Atlantic. Um, What's next? Where, where do you see this beginning to, to take shape and, and head? Um, certainly um, nationally, we're seeing um, some, some other things, but where would you like to see it take, take place locally? You said, Margaret, that um, you were hoping some of these vision statements that people had in Bar Harbor, you actually will facilitate some, some action around some of those things. Yes, um, there were a lot of amazing ideas that did come out of that big document banner. There were some pictures and some good thoughts. And as well as from our brainstorming on our event um, a couple Saturdays ago. And so we'd love to sit down and think about how our our General Assembly can be both a forum but also a place for us to take action around um, around things of community interest. And that's something that uh, we definitely don't know exactly where that's going, but if folks are interested in being part of that conversation, I would urge them to come to our general assemblies and and sort of help steer things. Um, as as Kara, I think, mentioned, there was, there's talk of a community center getting started up. There's also talk of um, thinking about what we can do about low-income housing on the island, and people are also interested in seeing how we can... Um, bring uh, the hotel magnet Tom Walsh into conversation about, you know, um, taking some active steps about his role within our community as well. But I have to say, generally, one of the things that really excites me about Occupy is um, how this is such a local thing. On top of just uh, being a national phenomenon, there's one starting up in Waldo County, and there's folks who are trying to start one up in Washington County as well. And so it's it's very exciting f to to see a community forum taking place, um, both in MDI and elsewhere, to mm -hmm. see how different communities are coming together. It's, it seems like what 
is in common here is is creating whether it's in New York City or Washington or in a place like Bar Harbor or Lubeck, it's a safe space for people to have really important conversations about what's going on to their in their lives. Lawrence, is that is that how you see it too? Well, yeah. As I said earlier, I think that's been a very important element of the Occupy movement, but um, it. You know, I think we need to move on from there. I think we need to take it to the next level. Uh, that that was very important, um, and now we need to get down to a little more brass tacks. Mm. Um, and and I'm I'm hoping, and I think a lot of people are that that the Occupy movement will become uh, more well be, will become reinvigorated in the spring. Um, not that it is it, that it is not v- vigorous and vital now, but I, I think uh, also if one looks at history in the spring, the spring is a is a time that um, demonstrations are in, at least in the northern hemisphere <laughs> in our spring um, have have in fact uh, taken root and been revitalized. So, so I'm hoping that that is something that that will happen. Um, there's always a possibility of reemergence of of encampments. Um, one thing that we talked about in Bangor is the possibility of flash camps, where we have we camp in one place one night a week, and then in the next week uh, we we camp someplace else and things like that. Uh, we're also looking at the possibility of getting into uh, foreclosure defenses, d- defensive foreclosed houses in Bangor. Um, and so we're hoping that that activities like that will take place. Great. And there, I'd also like to point out that there's going to be a national occupation of Washington. Um, it, they're calling it Now DC. And unfortunately, I, I think it's NowDC.org, but in any event, one can do a web search for that. And I'd also like to point out that um, there's also going to be a national convention of sorts in uh, Philadelphia the week of July 4th. And one can do a web search for 99% decor. Declaration, um, and that'll take you to information on that. Great. I've got some phone calls. Let's take some of those. Um, if you give us your first name and where you're calling from, and then go ahead with your question or comment, please. Go that, ahead. Is that for me? Yes, please. Hi. I'm Jane, and I'm calling from Penobscot. I am glad to hear that there will be some thought about why foreclosures, one in every 59 houses, are in the foreclosure pipeline. I think it's very important for people to study the history of debt. I think the first Occupy movement that surfaced in New York had it right. It was Wall Street and the banks. The Federal Reserve is a private corporation that sells our government and the banks money. And for the last three years at 0% interest rate, it sells its own short-term bonds to buy its own long-term bonds at 0% interest rate, it's very strange. But what we see happening is this very small cartel of now international uh, uh, people still controlling our government. And it is money. It's about that financial system. And what they did with their credit default swaps and their uh, predatory loans um, and how they can continue to foreclose when they have absolutely broken just about every financial law there is protecting private property in this country needs to be looked into. Um, foreclosure is not funny, and this new, the new Consumer Protection Federal Bureau is also funded by the feds. Now, um, they own the New York Stock Exchange, which is now Euronext, 
Brussels refused to join with them, and if that had happened, they'd have complete control of the Western financial system. There's a bigger game at play than just this. We need to absolutely look into the practice of usury, the use of our courts and our laws to defend corporations that are doing this predatory practice of high interest rates and trapping people into debt, even practically before they're born. They're removing people like a clearance from the land, and Mainers are losing their homes over the fact that they will not modify or mitigate something that they should not be pushing in the first place. Mm. We need lawyers, we need people to study up, and we need to get the people who aren't online riled up because that's a lot of people. A lot of people still have dial-up. You know, a lot of people are just, they need to know that they can break out of this old system, and we still have a democracy, amazingly enough. Mm. Demonstrating is good, but it's going to take studying up and making concerted actions where it matters. I think move your money is an okay if you get it to the credit unions, but they're trying to take those over too because they need every last cent they can get because they have sold the credit default swaps all the way to China. And when the chips started coming in in 2008, the the gig was up. But they still are perpetrating adjusted rate mortgages, high interest rates, and foreclosing on people because they don't know what else to do. They're only clever. They're not brilliant. We need to fight them. Thank you for your comments this morning. Yep. Um, I think we have another uh, phone call. Let's go ahead and and take that. Uh, Give us your first name and where you're calling from, and then we'll see if we can get some comments from our guests. Go ahead, please. Hi, uh, David from uh, Brooklyn. Thanks for the show. Um, And, you know, the chance to be part of the Occupy movement, which you're giving us all here. Uh, it's not much different, really, in a lot of ways, than the soapbox you op- occupy. Uh, I've been carrying a poster uh, occasionally down on the bridge in Blue Hill, which says, conversation is more precious than gold. Mm. And um, along those lines of uh, uh, getting down to brass tacks and getting, uh, getting on with the next step, I would like to offer that, uh, really, the... The, the next step is more or less uh, continuing our conversation and taking it to new, probably unimagined uh, uh, heights. Uh, it's it's not any time. I I would like to offer that any time we get into a a we them dichotomy, we're bumping our noses against a brick wall. Of course. You know, the, there's theories that if you bump your noses long enough against a brick wall, eventually you can walk through it. But uh, uh, I don't want to play that game. I, I want to take my conversation out into the meadow, into the village green, into the woods, uh, into places where uh, occupation is yet possible, into the empty houses, into the playgrounds. Whoops. Uh, and... Um, uh, evolve through conversation ways of reinventing what we call the necessities of life so that we can provide them for ourselves uh, little by little and are not beholden to any one of the corrupt power structure organizations uh, to provide them for us. 
Uh, that would include money. It would include food. It would include uh, uh, health care. It would include education. Uh, things we can do for ourselves if we could only remember how. And we, we uh, need to talk about it an awful lot in order to remember. Uh, but I think to, uh, to derail our activity from that most important one of conversation in order to take up certain causes which we imagine or might be able to be convinced would if we could only uh, succeed in this one against them, yep. uh, you know, you catch my drift. Great. Thanks so much. We've got some other calls, but okay. thank you for yours this morning. Very important to think about that conversation. L- let's make these short comments to uh, get them in all-, all before the end of the hour. Give us your name and where you're calling from, and then a short comment. Hi, this is Jan calling from Penobscot. I'm a member of Occupy Blue Hill, and we've been rallying on the bridge in Blue Hill every Saturday noon since October 8th. Um, we are starting to have regular General Assembly meetings, and I'd like to hear from uh, the people that you have gathered there, from their experience, what's different and special about General Assembly. Mm, great. Thank you very much for your call. Let's go ahead with two more, very briefly. Um, go ahead with your comment or question, please. Yes, go ahead. No? I guess we're going to wrap up. Um, so th- that, that, that's a great way to, to wrap up, is to talk a little bit about the General Assemblies and then list the General Assemblies you're from and, and where they're going to be held. Um, Lawrence, uh, start with you, and then we'll work our way around. I want to get uh, everybody involved. Yeah. Well, Occupy Bangor generally has General Assemblies uh, Fridays at 5 p.m. Uh, sometimes they're held in Pierce Park, and uh, lately we've been having them in the offices of the Maine People's Alliance. Uh, the way to find find out where it's going to be is to go to our website, which is OccupyBangor.org. Okay. And and Simon? Um, yeah. So MDI has general assemblies on Saturdays from noon to two. Some people meet in the Village Green and do a march beforehand, and some of us go straight to St. Savior's Church. Great. Anybody else? What's it, what, um, just the, very briefly, that last caller, what's different about the assembly? And, and Ben, you, you were really struck by that when you went to New York. What's different about that as a way of getting people together? Yeah, the General Assembly is really unique because it's really based on this concept of empowerment. So everyone has a voice, everyone has a vote, and generally speaking, decisions are only made when people come to consensus. So no one is marginalized, no one is put down, everyone's concerns are aired. Um, and people really come together. And when you're in a place where 100% of the people there agree on something, you're unstoppable. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's really unique and empowering about that model. Mm-hmm. Margaret, a last word, hope for the future? Um, I am hopeful that we can all sort of come together on our community levels and continue this discussion and get some actions going. And I hope to see everyone that has been tuning in at some point in time. Um, in your community or in a larger national event. Great. Kara, your hope for the future? (laughs) I also hope that the conversation of Occupy continues. Um, I know that it's brought me to a lot of awareness about what's going on in our nation and the world, and I hope that it continues to bring that awareness. Great. Well, I want to thank you all for being with us. We've come to that time when I remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronac on a Balnane House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our guests, 
Lawrence Reichert of Bangor, John Curtis called by phone from Ellsworth, Simon Beckford um, from Clifton. He's been working with uh, three students from College Atlantic, Ben Hitchcock, Kara Oster, and Margaret Fetzer. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering. Stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member-supported nonprofit organization.